The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, bromigos! What's going on, everybody? It is Above the Dave, and it is another episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the dark days of drug use, the low points that we may go through. I'm bringing back out to the podcast Seth the Sober Guy, and we're going to get real. After that, we ask the question, what if the Grateful Dead were a metal band? And finally, we have the band Mo here in the studio, and they're here to fucking party. I like my onions blooming and my spunions shrooming. It's another episode of The So today's episode is one that I decided to do because I don't mind getting personal here and just talking my mind and I'm okay with sharing pretty much everything and anything with with you guys. So, you know, I I do look at my past at times with regret I, I as people do some points in your life might you might consider a low point. I guess you have to have a low point, right? I mean, it can't all just be the same. I think most people could maybe put a year or five years or a decade or two and say, fuck, (laughs) that was pretty low. And I don't think mine got too, too low. But I still look at a certain period of of my past as one in which I was so reckless. And I think this is common. And if you are young and reckless right now and you're listening to this uh, and sometimes you go do i have a grip on this the answer is actually yes and no so you got to realize when you're going out of control sometimes things happen that force you to make that realization you just got to make sure you find find it one way or another and for me it was straight out of college it was my first couple years living in boston where you know i was at a point coming out I picked up some bad habits uh in college and I wasn't willing to give up my little party life my social life and I spent most of my money on just on drugs and concerts and there were plenty of months where I didn't have money for rent just working restaurant jobs I had no ambition and pretty much out of boredom I think I was doing um, a good amount of drugs namely cocaine I think, you know, that one really showed in particular that there was no real control for me at times. And, and again, that's, that's the one for a lot of people that's like, fuck that one, that one can actually be quite the devil on your shoulder. And while I never felt the need to go stone sober, I do have to make sure that I I check myself at certain times these days to stay in line. And I feel like I have a good amount of willpower Back then, it was so reckless, nonstop, terrible for my mind, body. And yeah, a few years there, right there in the, my, the middle of my 20s. Still plenty of good times, of course, great times. But wait, too great. Too great, too hard, too crazy. It was, And it was something that kind of existed there until I found stand-up comedy. And, I, and then I moved to L.A. And then there was a new high. And it was way better than any drug, and that was performing. So, but that was until I was like 28, and I felt a lot. In my years in Boston, really, there was no outlet, and there was no high coming from my day-to-day life, the reality of what my existence was. And until I changed that, 
drugs were the way that you forgot about the Monday to Friday you just had. And in Boston, man, that's the, that's the place. Everybody in Boston, it, it's not like a huge city. Everybody works Monday to Friday and they all work normal fucking jobs. Not like I was in L.A. where people like work in a dungeon or something, <laughs> you know, weird shit. In, in Boston, it's like you're in a nonprofit, you're at a college, you're, you're, uh, you're in finance, you're a teacher. It's it's Monday through Friday, and then everyone in Boston from Friday night to Sunday night seemed to fucking rage. College-age kids, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, basically until you shacked up and moved to the suburbs, you were raging drunk as soon as possible Friday night, and it was a culture that was good for me at the time, but I saw it for what it was after a few years, and I was like, wait a second. There's got to be more than this. Oh my God, I just quoted more. Oh my God. <laughs> On that note, I want to bring out a guy that has no problem getting real with me. He has been sober for quite some time. And we're going to talk a little bit about the dark times. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth the Sober Guy. Seth, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Yeah, no problem. Are you you begin you been good? Honestly, yeah, dude. I uh, wow. You seem so chill. Things are good, you know. Things are good. All right, cool, cool. So, as you know, I wanted to talk about some of the dark times and I figured maybe you'd, you know, get real with me. And every other person that we have associated with this podcast is still an active drug user and drug addicts. So I was hoping maybe you could look at your situation as, as the past. So maybe you could shed some light on, on some of your life. Sure, man. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. Um, yeah. I mean, I've gone through my share of times like everybody else. Yeah. I just, I mean, I was so irresponsible with my money. Like I, I was working at these restaurants and I would get cash every night and I was going out and splitting bags all the time for nothing. It was stupid because this is how you know you're addicted to Coke. If you have one drink at the bar and then you're immediately hitting up the plug, you have a problem. Like if you can't, like that's, it got to the point where I couldn't have a drink or two at the bar without then having to get cocaine. I say that because I've had other people tell me that that was them when they look back at their worst. And they were like, yeah, I couldn't even drink without buying a bag of coke and it's like that's like i couldn't do it and that's when it was like fuck this is this is not good so if you're if you're listening and that's where you're at that's that is not good you want to be able to drink without having to hit up the plug to turn the party up same here man i definitely remember hitting that point the minute i ordered the drink yeah i didn't even need a sip damn really the drinks were just an excuse to get to the coke and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty low moment. N not my lowest moment. I mean, one night I was, I was at the bar and I didn't even have any more money. And I hit up my guy and then he, when he showed up, I got in his car and I was like, dude, I don't got no money. And so that's when I gave my first blowjob for Coke. Oh, damn. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, that's, I never, I didn't ever do that. Yeah. No, I used to do it. Oh no, really? He said it was actually one of the best blowjobs he ever got, so I started doing it every week. Ah, oh, jeez. But yeah, oh, I mean, man. then I was so down and so then I was so down on my luck that I didn't have money to go to a bar, and I didn't have money to even pay for my phone. So I'd have to find somebody who had a phone, and then I would be like, "Yo, can I use your phone? I'll suck your dick." Oh shit. Once I find someone who would let me use their phone for a blowjob, I would I'd blow blow them, and then I would call my my connect, and then he would show up, and then I I'd blow him, and then I get I get the coke. Damn! So that's that's it, huh? That's that's the lowest moment, huh? No, no. Lowest moment was when I stopped a guy, and I said, "Hey, do you got a phone?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Man." I'm really jonesing. Do you know somebody with a phone? And he said, yeah. My my friend in the coffee shop, I just left. And I'm like, hey, man, I'll suck your dick if you can show me the guy who has a phone. And so 
I just sucked his dick in an alley right there. And then he brought me to his friend and said, hey, this this guy will suck your dick if he can use your phone. And so he was like, hell yeah. And so then we went back to the alley and I sucked his dick. And then he gave me his phone. And then I called my dealer. And then he showed up and, and I sucked his dick. And that's it. Yeah, that was that was probably the probably the lowest for me right there. Um, but I'm sober now. You know, I'm sober now, so things are good. Things are much much better. It's so so nice to be out of that and away from that, and uh, I just feel so much better now. I don't even, I don't go anywhere near the stuff. Haven't for years, so clean and sober. Totally, yeah. But yeah, no, that's 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 low. I. The, I had a moment with someone, and I'm going to share share something very personal right now that's absolutely 100% true. And one of my lower moments was, there was the, you know, I had, I had a dealer in, in Boston, and this guy, a rapper, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a good dude overall, actually. Uh, I like the guy. I don't keep in touch with him anymore, as it goes, but uh, at the time... I was hitting him up when I could. I was never an everyday person, but you know, I was maybe hitting him up like once a week. So that's for me. That was that was quite aggressive. I made some drug friends in those years, as you do. I made some drug friends in my when I was twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. I had a girlfriend who was still in college for the next few years. I I wasn't running around chasing girls. I was and the bars closed it too, so I would go drink. And then people are like, do you want to go hang out in some apartment until 6 a.m. doing coke? And I was like, sure, I got nothing else going on in my life. And that was it. That was the extent of it. But it was just in the, it was the monsters that we all became at times. And while there was a lot of good times, some of those people are sober for sure now. <laughs> and when you look back and you look at your friends who are, who are sober and you go, ah, shit, am I supposed to be sober? Yeah, yeah, you probably are. You think so? Probably we probably all are. Yeah, I know, but like, I mean, I'm I'm high right now, so it's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean it is, but I'm okay. I just I made some drug friends, and we just either like made beats. That's what I do. I would make beats with one homie, and then the other homies we would get together and play poker. So, man, that's a terrible combo, by the way. Being hooked on coke and playing games of poker it's like how much money i was spending when i could barely even pay the rent <laughs> so like, and i met this guy we'll call him jack that is not his name and we'll get to that but everything else i'm going to tell you is gonna be true he was uh we connected because we were high on coke right we were coke friends like we met a few times hung out with a bunch of other people doing coke we and then we chatted at each other aggressively about music that we liked and he played saxophone and i i liked music i mean looking back i actually don't really know what we had in common but for some reason he just seemed like a cool dude because we he was always very nice we talked music and we did drugs together, and that's all we really needed. We'd see each other around Boston, had similar friends, and we hung out a handful of times. And I remember just really liking the dude, though. We it's we we did the Coke plans all the time. You're familiar with Coke plans, right? Coke plans are when you make plans that you have no intention or no ability to actually follow through with. That's good. Coke plans is all we did back then. We would make beats that we'd never finish. We talked about shit we'd never do. We were just making plans like, yo, dude, what are you doing? Like tomorrow, like, like 10 a.m. Like, I'm thinking maybe we just like hit, hit up the harbor, dude. And just like, have you even been to the wharf? Like, I think that whole area looks sick. And it's like, yeah, dude, I could do that. Like, yeah, let's like, we could do like a whole day thing. dude. It's like, and we would just like fucking pop off about fucking nothing and just make Coke plans. That's all we did was just. And then, you know, and then we'd all be up to so fucking late that by the time we were all, like, heading out, like, we wouldn't even bother saying it, but it wasn't even needed to be, like, no one was doing the thing that next day. Like, no, we're not going for a hike. No, we're not playing ball. No, we're not doing whatever the fuck we said we were going to do, and, and no, that track never got finished. So we started 100 tracks, though. So this was this is what I did in Boston for, for a bunch of years. We had the same dealer or at least he, one of his dealers was the same dude as mine and 
And so I remember one time he hit me up and at the time, you know, again, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm broke as fuck, like broke as fuck working some entry level job for a corporation. Money's super tight. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even be doing what I'm doing yet. Somehow homie, this, this dude, Jack hit me up, I think. And maybe we met up and he like to hang. And then he basically was like, oh, you're getting a gram. Like, uh, dude, can you, can you front me? Like, I'll get you tomorrow. Like I definitely can get you tomorrow. I, and I, and I did it. I was like, all right, yeah, I got you. You can pay me back tomorrow. Right. Cause like, I don't have money. So you gotta pay me back tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the Coke. I think I'm not sure if we spent the, the whole night together. I'm pretty sure we didn't, but I think I met up with him later in the night and when I kicked it with him and a bunch of the people he was with, I think at his apartment, he busted out the foil and the, and he like lit the Coke. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, he's freebasing Coke. I, I you know, I've only been around people snorting Coke. I've never seen someone like freebasing it. And I was like, yo, dude, what's, what's up with that? And he was like, I've done so much coke at this point, like my nose doesn't even work. Like I can't even use my nose. So got to do this, I guess. And I was like, oh, fuck. And here we are. And I'm face to face now with this dude, Jack. And I'm like watching this dude at one of his lowest points. Above the Dave. You think that's low? I used to smoke the bag. You used to do what? I used to smoke the bag. You mean like the little bag of coke like the little i remember i used to i remember licking the bag people would like put it in their mouth and like put lick the bag it was the that was a thing which is also kind of gross and weird memory i used to take the little bag in and i would put it in a, in a pipe and i would smoke it just for that one last maybe little hit damn that is hardcore yeah yeah well that's <laughs> that's why i'm sober now so sober happy wonderful wife wonderful life beautiful kids doing great had to get out you know just had to stop no yeah it sounds like it no it definitely sounds like you should have stopped but yeah i know it was weird it, seeing someone at their at their low lowest moment you know i thought two things i was like man i can't believe i'm like in a room this dark ass room in the fucking early morning hours it was probably a fucking work night now i'm around a bunch of people free basing coke and i'm like oh okay i did not partake i was like no <laughs> No, thank you. I'll just keep snorting it. But I, I don't think I hung around too, too long that night. But definitely he was like, yeah, I got you on that 60, the 60 bucks. It cost $60. And he's like, I got you on. So here's the thing. Jack disappears. He's ignoring my phone calls. He's not hitting me back by text. This is probably like 16, 17 years ago. And so we had phones this is before like smartphones, but we had the phones and we had texting. So, and all of a sudden he's nowhere to be found, nowhere to be seen. Days go by. I'm like, dude, it's not like I got $60 to be given out to anybody. I'm fucking barely keeping it together here. Plus it's like just a dick move. So I'm like hitting this dude up. Like, yeah, it's kind of, they just ignored me. And then every now and then we'd kind of be like, dude, yeah, yeah. I, I got you soon. Or like, he kind of like pushed it out and then uh, he just, then he just straight ghosted and I was so fucking mad. I was furious. I was so mad that someone was really going to do me like that. And it's, and now I look at myself now and I'm like, dude, if I, if I gave someone 60 bucks and they fucked me out of $60, I would just be like, oh, lesson learned, never deal with that person again. Shitty. I'm just going to walk away. That's me now. It's me for a long time now. I've, I've screwed myself out of so many. I've made so many poor decisions financially uh, myself that it, if someone gets me for 60 bucks at this point, I would just be like, well, fool me once. Uh, you know, I won't ever deal with you again on a, on a money tip, I guess, at least. Back then, you know, 25, fucking, uh, I, I was like, dude, I need that money. And I was so pissed because I realized after like weeks went by, that this dude's like, he's actually gonna just like end the friendship over $60. Like he's just, he's so addicted to Coke that he can't get it together. And I didn't want him to fuck this up. I didn't want to not be friends with him ever again. So I showed up at his place one time. I just like waited outside his apartment complex and he like came outside and he was like, dude, what are you, what are you doing here? Like he was like bugged out. And I was like, bro, 
give me my $60. I was like, I was like so hardcore. I don't, I would I could have just like took it as a sign like, hey man, you just saw someone like fucking low moment. This person's clearly in a troubled spot. But I was too close to being him at that point to like be away from it. That $60, I was like, hey, hey, hey. I'm a degenerate, so are you. That's not a fucking excuse to not pay me back, though. Like, we still have a code of degenerates, and you're fucking breaking it. And so I was super pissed. He didn't even pay me when I showed up at his house. He just gave me a sob story. Then, basically, months went by, and after, like, trying to go back and forth for a while to make it happen, he he just couldn't. And then he disappeared, and that was the end of our friendship. And I, I was just super bummed because I, you know, looking back, I'm like, he was just a fucking coke friend that I don't even really know anything about him, to be honest. I don't know anything uh, about him. But I did recently look him up and it, and it reminded me of a exchange that took place years after that event. So I never heard from this dude again. Our mutual friends, they might have saw him once or twice because there was no bad blood there. But I was like, no, fuck that dude. And they then informed me, I think, that that he left Boston and went to Maine maybe to get clean. I don't know if his family was there. And he dipped. And so that was it. I was like, I'm never going to hear from this dude again. Fast forward a few years later. Now there. And, and I have an exchange that I'm going to just read to you. A text exchange starting at March 13th, 2009. So I would probably put this at like three, four years later, after the, after it all went down, maybe, I think. We're Facebook friends, I guess. So he, he messages me on Facebook and it says, hey dude, if you send me your address, I will send you the money I owe you from back in the day. I believe it is 60 bucks, right? A lot has changed and I'm getting my karma back to where it used to be. Jack. So the very next day I respond and dude, again, (laughs) I mean, 2009. So I did a little while. I'm so. What am I now? I'm like, I'm like 28 or something. And I'm like, again, I'm doing. I'm doing a little bit better at this point. I'm getting my life together. I think stand up. Yeah, stand up was literally just about to start in my life. If that dude hit me up now, I'd probably be like, dude, don't worry about it. It's sixty dollars. Like, who gives a shit? But no. And I think that the the real lesson that I've learned through this and as many people learn is when you give money to a friend don't give it to them expecting that they're gonna pay it back because if you do shit's gonna get fucked up right so people tell you that if they tell you that they're they're telling you the absolute truth if you haven't learned it yourself and, and if you just need to learn it yourself go give your friends money and see them not pay you back and so that's just the lesson i learned in this exchange but i don't know for some reason i responded uh this is the next day wow Yeah, I would love it if you could pay me back. I never thought I would hear from you again. And then I gave him my new address, still in Boston. And I go, give me the update, bud. Is that your kid? Be well, homie. So I'm like, all cool with him, but also like still give me $60. Like, nah, dude, we're cool. Just you be good to your word. You give me that 60. You're messaging me years later. I don't need to be friends with you. But if you're an insistent, maybe he's trying to make things right. Maybe he's cleaned up his act so i responded with yes i would like the 60 dollars. you can send it here which is hilarious it was before venmo of course uh so here's his response the same day hours later oh yeah so i said is that your daughter uh i guess he had he had a picture of his daughter maybe in profile picture yeah man that is my daughter she will be one year old on march 25th she is perfect everything is great man just got back from sugarloaf and had a beautiful day on the slopes I want to go back and rebuild the bridges that were not meant to be burned. I will send you a check as soon as I can. Might not be for a month or so because I am getting married on May 24th. And a lot of my money is tied up in that, as you can imagine. But I will definitely get it to you as soon as I can. Sorry about that whole situation. And thanks for the well wishes. Peace. So, okay. So now he's getting married. He's got a a kid. He wants to pay me, but he's just letting me know that it's going to be a few months because he's got a lot of money tied up in in that. Yeah, but I'm skiing and sugar <laughs> My response was this. I said, holy crap, marriage? A dad? Wonderful news, man. 
Yeah, to be honest, that whole fiasco was a real letdown for me. I felt you were in so deep that you were willing to end the friendship on $60, and that was eye-opening to me. To hear that you are turned around and seem to have a nice family starting is fucking wonderful, dude. I couldn't be more pumped for you. Is this the same girl from a couple years back or a new lady? Stay in touch, and if getting back on track means you making music, please share as well. I will as well. Those days back in Austin were times we can look back on and regret things. Austin, Massachusetts is a suburb of Boston. And I said, uh, I think if I went to that bedroom I stayed at on Price Road, I would fall to my knees and weep at that stupidity and pain I caused myself. And yeah, that's my first apartment at a college. I was there for a few years. That's where the worst of it was. And the, just the sleepless nights and, and just the, the amount of times I was just lying awake as the sun came up. I think I really did cry when I finally left that place. I think it, uh, tears were shed. Like, you, you learned some fucking hard shit in this bedroom. You had some rough times. And, uh, but then I finished by saying, but that is life, and we move on and take notes. Seems like you have done that, and I have as well. Congrats on all the good moves, and if I get that check, I will smile for show. So I kind of open up to him. He then responds. This is all happening in the same day, so this is like a very engaged text exchange. He said, well said, my man, well said. There are some rooms I would rather not remember myself. Dark, depressing caves where I punished my soul. In the end... I became an addict. It came to a point when it wasn't me making the decisions. It was my addiction. Don't think I didn't feel the same way. The person inside me was screaming at the monster that was acting in such pathetic ways. Anyway, without getting too deep into it, that monster has been banished. I now enjoy the real things in life, like my daughter or a perfectly cooked filet. Don't get me wrong, it's a process, but it is something that I enjoy and I love taking care of business. And then he says... You will receive a check, and soon. I just have a lot of financial obligations in the hopper that affect me on a day-to-day -day basis that I need to address before I repair bridges that I burned in the past. It will be within a month, though, bro. As far as music goes, I have been playing a lot of sax lately, just getting my chops back. Take care, and we will be in touch. So I like that, I mean, he kind of says here that, you know, that he has bridges that he has burned and that he is trying to repair them. And maybe there are some financial obligations he has with me and, and other people, which I can only assume it would be more than $60. So then we cut to May 18th, 2009. This is like three months later. And I get another message from him. And it's like exclamation points. He says, don't worry, Dave. I haven't forgot about you. I've been pouring a ton of loot into the wedding and our move. So I haven't had a lot of quote-unquote, free resources. My wife starts teaching in the fall, so that should free up some income. Right now, there are three of us living on my income, which blows. Anyway, you're on the agenda, bro. So he's, like, checking in months later to let me know that his wife starts teaching into the fall. That should free up some income. So he's basically now saying, like, hey, it's going to be another four, five, six months. Again, an, an opportunity for me to be like, bro, it's $60. Don't worry about it. Just go live your life. I don't do that. I don't know. I was stubborn. I just took it as, I think maybe we played the back and forth on the $60 so many times years prior that I was like, I just took this, I just read this and was like, yeah, what am I, what am I going to respond with? Like, what can I possibly say? Like other than the thing that they say is don't worry about it, bro. Like, Good luck. Move on with your life. We're probably never going to talk again. <laughs> but no, I just don't respond to that, which I guess is a fair response. I think plenty of people do it. Maybe I just had other shit going on. So I just didn't respond. Okay. Well, the funny thing is this. Years and years go by and no $60 ever shows up, which is okay because a year after that, I was already gone. I was in Los Angeles. So, you know, if he sent it there... I wouldn't have gotten it. Now I'm living in Los Angeles now for, I believe I was there for three years. And I receive one afternoon a message from Jack. And I love it because it's from April 10th, 2013. And he goes, someday I'll send you a check for $60. It has always been on my mind. <laughs> like, dude, that sucks. Like, always been on his mind. It's like, damn, dude, I, I probably owe friends more than $60. I'm sure friends have lent me. I actually know for a fact a few friends who have lent me more than $60 that I did not pay them back. They, they do talk to me. 
Like, it's, it's good. They lent me the money with the understanding that they were just helping me out in a crisis. So maybe that's a different thing. They both offered the money when they saw I was struggling. And then I said, all right, but I'm struggling. And they're like, we got you. Like, you're good. And so I feel like those are different circumstances. But he says, someday I'll send you a check for $60. This is four years later. It has always been on my mind. Just kind of buried in bills with a new house and a damn divorce. It'll be yours, though, my friend. I owe it to you. Okay, so this is so funny to me. I couldn't believe it because then Facebook, when you send a chat, right, or a message in Messenger, you don't see the prior conversation, but then when you send it, at least back then, when you sent it, like you, then you could see what the past conversation was. So he, he sent this four years later being like, dude, you're going to get that 60. Not yet, not yet. But, you know, once I get some shit for it, you know, and he realized what just happened. He realized it and he calls himself out. And so then he sends another text after that. Ha 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 ha. Just read my last message from 2009 and I was going broke because of the wedding. And now I'm going broke because of the divorce. Go ahead and use that in a stand-up routine. There's some serious irony buried in there. Just don't use my name, though, if you don't mind. <laughs> so I never used it for a stand-up routine. I, I thought it was hilarious, but it's if I was to make a routine about this, it would I would look poorly as well. It's, you know, one, it's $60. Two, I was in the room. I was doing coke, too. I don't think my material, that would have been, been the move. But, you know, when I was thinking about this podcast, I, I did think of that moment, and then I remembered this text exchange. So I wanted to read that to you. Because at the end, he's, he basically was like, please tell other people about this. This is ridiculous. It is. Yeah, yeah. He literally said, I won't. I can't get you the 60 because I'm getting married. And then four years later, said, I can't get you the 60 because of the divorce. So then I, I thought to myself, well, what's, what happens now? Like, will I ever get another? It's, it's been 10 years. Do you think, like, it, he's still maybe one day going to message me and be like, dude, I'm going to get you that 60. Can't right now. It's happening, though. And, like, do you think I should hit this guy up and just message him one day and just be like, so, dude, what about that 60? <laughs> like, don't drop it. Just be like, dude, seriously, it's been another 10 years and you don't have $60. <laughs> so let me know if you think I should message him. I was just going to let this just let him go because I don't care anymore. But like reading it again, it does make me kind of laugh to think like, dude, what if I just messaged him? I was like, yo, bud, like, what about that 60? And just like one, would he respond Two, if he did, would he be like, what's your Venmo or three? Most likely he does respond, but he's like, dude, I can't right now. Like oh, I'm going through a thing. I love this. We're not friends. We don't communicate. He's still on the East coast. I'm out here. We haven't talked at all. When I pulled this up the other night, I did look at his Facebook and I couldn't tell much about him. He looks kind of like the same, but chubbier. Sometimes you can't tell if someone's like not bright or just bad at Facebook. You know what I mean? Like either he's so bad at this, this he's so, he, he's like just posting all these videos of him like playing guitar so bad and piano so bad and like singing so out of tune that, and he's just like, I'm kind of working on this new tune. And then like post it on Facebook where I'm like, is he not like all together with it? Or is he just like this bad at social media? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, sometimes it's hard to tell just basing them on their on their face. Like there's so many relatives I have that, that if you were basing them just on how they, you know, are on Facebook, you'd be like, this person is, is a moron. <laughs> but they're not. I don't think. I mean, they're, I, don't, I don't think they are. I'm pretty sure they're not. But yes, yeah, so I just wanted to, to share that. What about you, Seth? Do you owe uh, any people money? Oh, God. I owed people, I owed everybody money, family and friends. Did you pay people back when you got sober? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the richest guy there is out there. So there's no way I would, I'd be paying it back for the rest of my life. I just, you know, I did make amends with a lot of the people from the past. That's for were sure. Were there any that in, were insistent that you still paid them? <laughs> Even if it was only $60? Yeah, actually, there was a few that said that they would there's no forgiveness until the debt has been paid. To those people, I I said, listen, I there's only one thing I can offer you. What and what what's that? I offer to suck their dicks. Damn, yeah, should have seen that coming. Yeah, and I'll tell you this much: a few of them did say yes, and they were the worst blowjobs I've ever given. Why? Just because they were like to pay the debt? 
no, 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 no. Because I was sober. All the other blowjobs I used to give was I was high as a kite. But sucking dick stone cold sober, oof. Just not the same. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Did you? What about the women that you owed money to? Well, for the women, I would go to them and I'd say, listen, you're insistent that I pay you back, and I understand that. But I don't have any money. There's only one thing that I can offer you, and that's to suck your husband's dick. What? Why would you have to do that? What are you talking about, dude? Eat the puss. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, that's the same difference. I don't know why you, why you, get, why you get the husbands involved. Did any of them say yes? No, no, no one did. Thank God. Yeah, I don't, I think that was, that's a, that was a terrible op- option. You should hit those women up and just offer to go down on them. Well, I'm a married man. Very happy with my life. Got some beautiful children. I don't need to be doing any of that. Yeah, no, that's true, Seth. That's true. I don't want to, I don't want to get you in trouble. That's true. Well, I should probably get going. I still haven't gone for my run. Oh, run. That's healthy, man. Yeah, I run 14 miles a day. Whoa, dude. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Only way to keep my mind straight. Damn. Okay. You know, fresh air. Yeah, I feel you. Well, Seth, thanks for coming on to the podcast and talking about the dark times with us, man. I really appreciate that. Of course, guys. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Seth the Sober Guy, everybody. told you dave i got you <laughs> i don't know if that's a anti-drug story or an anti-giving your friends money story but i thought i'd share but let's keep the show moving next up i want to ask a question to you when you first heard of a band called the grateful dead did you think when you first heard that name the grateful dead did your little kid brain or older kid brain or adult brain think immediately that that sounded like a metal band? Did you think for minutes, days, weeks, or years that the Grateful Dead were actually a metal band until you heard their music? Or maybe you still think they are a metal band. Either way, this next segment we like to call, What If the Grateful Dead Were a Metal Band? Today we have a special. Uh, skeezy, skeezy. Um, uh, beloved Dave. Oh, uh, yay. Hey, Gary. Hey, Sally. How you doing? I'm good, little fucking Oh, yeah. What, what, what's going on, guys? Why are you out of the bathroom? Uh, uh, we're going to go like right back in there, dude. This is sagging, man. But, um, I kind of wanted to come on for a second and say something. Okay, um, yeah, um, yeah, okay, sure, Gary, go ahead. You know, it's good to really be here with everybody, and it's been, like, the best job I've ever had, man, and it's awesome, because I feel like we're all, like, a family, like, 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 on a soul planet, and, and I just wanted to say that being on this podcast and working here and also living here... It's been the most just amazing time, and it's all because of uh, one special special lady. 
and she's right here, and her name is Sally. Oh, that's nice. That's sweet. And well, and um, why I got everybody's attention? You, Bob, Dave, and Margo, Margo and um, Rex, and Vinny, and Liz, and and that Wolfman's brother guy is living, is hanging out in the bathroom with us. Wolfman's brother? No, he, he's not. He's not anywhere. And all the other people who work here and run the show and stuff. And I just want to say that I have your attention right now, and. I have a special announcement to make. <clears throat> Sally, you are the most beautiful woman I've ever known or seen, and you're my whole world. You're the first thing I think of when I wake up, and, and you're the first thing I think of when I do ketamine. And whenever I do it, I make sure to always give you a bump before I get <laughs> a bump, because... Ladies first, and you're my lady, and I you made me the luckiest man in the world, and and so that's why. Um, hold on. <laughs> Holy crap! Oh my god, this is big. Gary is bending the knee. Oh my god, people. Oh boy. Oh fucking a. Oh, we got a ten thirty nine. Oh, this is big. So I just wanted to know, um, all right, hold on, let me just reach my pocket and find it. All right, I got it. So you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, and you're, you're my favorite person, and you're my best friend, and in the last eight months in the bathroom have been the best eight months of any of my entire life, even in, in best bathroom of my entire life, and it's all because of you, and, and I'm in love with you, and, and uh, Sally, will you, uh, will, will you marry me? Oh, oh yeah, oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah. Oh. Hey, oh my goodness, this is huge. We got a live engagement here on the podcast. Gary proposes to... Sally, the jam band groupie. Oh, this is big. He's locking her down, folks. Wow. I love you. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, that's. I'm. Oh, God. I don't usually cry like this. Oh, this is. Hey, oh, this is so oh nice. hey, this is beautiful. This is great. So Gary is now taking what I imagine to be the ring, and he's putting it on her finger. Nope. Here he goes, Sally. Just um. Put out your ring finger. He's pouring a bag of ketamine on her ring finger, like a line, like that looks like a ring of ketamine, and. God. And Sally has just snorted up the engagement ketamine. Wow, that was quite the line. You gotta keep an eye on her. Actually, that was that was pretty massive. Hey, you know what they say, boss. Every kiss begins with K. <laughs> oh. oh, good one, Vinny. I like that. Big zinger. All right. And oh, what a beautiful moment. We got the lovebirds. We're engaged. Oh, no, above the, above the day, I got one more thing I got to say. What's that, Gary? Oh, my name, my name is Marco. Marco Esquandelas. Gary? No, that's not what I wanted to say, even though Marco Esquandelas. I wanted to say that it would be real nice if um, we get married here. You want to get married here at the Lot Scene Podcast Studio? Oh, yeah. She said it, and I agree. I agree. That's a great idea. Let's definitely plan that. I love that. Oh, she's so happy. Thanks, Dave. Oh, man, that's awesome. All right, congrats, you two. Birthday, Dave. Yes, Gary. You want to... Ketamine? Nah, I'm, I'm good. I still got to do another interview. All right, you in the bathroom. <laughs> we got Snickers. Yeah, we got uh, Sweetest Fish. All right, good to know. Bye, Sally. Congrats. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, man. That is wonderful. Give it up for the newlyweds, Gary and Sally.
All right, let's bring out our big guest today. They're one of the biggest jam bands, and they're going harder than ever. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mo. Mo, what's going on, everybody? What's going on, guys? Take a seat, Mo. Man, so what's been cracking? You guys have been all over the place. Did a lot of touring this year. Yeah, it's just how we get down, dude. That's right, man. We just fucking party all night long. You said it, dude. Yeah, man. We're just here to fucking rage. Yo, Rob. Yo, what's up, pal? Yo, you got that bag? I think Vinny's got it. Yeah, I got it. All right, well. Pass it over. Let's all do a gagger. Yeah, dude, let's rage. Above the Dave, you down? Oh, oh man, I getting offered a lot of drugs today after this episode. This is this is a weird twist. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna partake. But you guys can do whatever you want. Fucking hell, I'm gonna do three. I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do three. Give me an eight ball. Whoa! I just sprinkled the whole eight ball on a bag of shrooms. Anyone wanna munch them? What? I'll do it. No, man. Give him the gym. Oh, my God. He ate the whole quarter of mushrooms. Mo, 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 Mo. Whoa, dude. That was crazy. He just ate a quarter of mushrooms covered in an eight ball of Coke. That's how we do above the Dave. We're hard fucking core, dude. God damn, Mo. You guys just always are next level. You guys didn't hang out with Seth in the green room, did you? Who? Who? All right. Good, good, good. Anyway. It feels like drinking, cause I got a two gallon of vodka. I do. I fucking drink all day. I'm already drunk. All right, shots for everybody. Who's got a shot glass? At the water cooler, he's got those little water cups. Oh fuck yeah! All right, hold on. Okay, I'm gonna line out fifty cups and just pour all the vodka in all the cups. Yeah, man, just pour them all. Yeah, let's get it over with. All right, dude, here comes the vodka. You're filling up fifty Dixie cups of vodka. Yeah, but that's ten each. Yeah, man. We gotta get this date going. Oh my god, that's insane. Who wants some ecstasy? Oh, fucking hell, dude. What do you got now? I got Teslas and a whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah. Pressies for everybody. Give me one. All right. Oh, damn. Now everybody's rolling. Okay. Taking the taking the pressies. Okay. And one for our butts. Yeah, give me one. Give me one. All right. right. What? Yeah, all okay. right. Yeah. And boof. Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. Mo. 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 You guys Mo. just did a synced boof. Fuck. Okay. That might be the greatest thing that's ever happened on this podcast. Who's ready for shots? I just poured them all. First shot, go. Second shot. Third shot. Fourth shot. Fifth shot. Sixth shot. Seventh shot. Eighth shot. Ninth shot. Tenth shot. Oh my God! How do you guys even stand? I need a fucking cigarette. I'll take two. Why? Why smoke two? There you go. Take two. Thank you. Got a light. Perfect. Anyway, tour's been fucking awesome. Yeah. Wow. When you guys jam, sometimes I'm seeing these like stuff i see like your shows on nugs and i'm like you guys are doing like jams are like 40 50 60 minutes long like you guys are fucking tearing it up oh we jam above the dave harder than anybody yeah that's fucking right dude we jam harder and we rock harder all right who wants some ghb mouths open oh whoa ghb i don't yeah, yeah i don't think you want to be oh, drinking yeah. on that open up, give me some birdies time to feed the birdies oh my god ghb you guys sure drop it over here Mo, 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 Mo. man, hardcore. Anyone want to do a bong head? Yeah, Chuck. That's something that's a little more, you know, my level. Because I got this five-foot bong. Oh, Jesus. Hey, Rob. Yeah, what's up? Uh, dude, you want to pack this bong? All right, let me just put some weed on there. Don't forget the DMT. All uh, right, what? yeah, let me put the DMT on there. Sprinkle a little bit of crack. All right, no, sprinkle a little crack on there. Does anyone have my peyote? Oh, God, guys. I got it. Yeah, here. You can sprinkle a little got bit. Got on there. Okay. That's how we do above the Dave. Mo, 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 baby. Mo, 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 well, Vinny, it's uh, 5.35 p.m., so... Holy shit! Oh, my God. Yeah, I gotta be home at 6, too. You do... What? You, you do, too? I can stay out till oh, 8. Oh, shut Chuck, up, Chuck. Blow me. Chuck, whatever. Ah, uh, come on. Well, then, I mean... I mean, you guys are rock stars, so... What? You gotta be home for dinner and then... Back out to the bars, right? To the clubs? Huh? No. Oh, 
Oh, no, this is our time to party, you brother. Yeah, that and going to shows. That's that's pretty much how we get down. And the tour bus, Woo! dude. Yeah, dude. Hotel tour, tour bus. It's all whatever we want. That's right, man. We can't stop partying. Unless it's a weekday and we're home. we got to be with our families. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, any day we're not on the road, you know, curfews. Lights out usually pretty much 10 o'clock. Oh, okay. We've been doing this rock and roll lifestyle a long time, so when you can get a good night's sleep, you take it. Well, that's how, that sounds healthy. But before we go... <laughs> I know what he's going to say. Me too. Oh, yeah, what? Let's all do some fentanyl. Yeah, all right. What? Hey, let's do some fentanyl. Go, 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 go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll oh, get me home. All right. Yeah. Rock and roll, baby. That's right. Oh, yeah, baby. dude. That's Rock how we go, roll. baby. Wow. Mo, that's right. Okay. That's how we do it. Damn. You yeah. guys are. We're hard fucking cold. You guys are rock and roll. It's for real. No, you seriously are. But, yeah, I mean, I'm checking the clock, and it's getting pretty close to 6, so you might have to get your, your man home here. Yeah, GPS is saying I'm going to be three minutes late, and that is not good, fellas. All right, let's get him out of here. All right, come, come on, Brad, let's go. I can't feel my legs. Someone grab Jim. I got him. Okay. All right, see you later, buddy. All right, see you, Rob. See you, Al. See you, Chuck. Vinny. Jim. Bye. Good to be hey, here. See you later. dude. Good seeing you, man. Keep the party going, buddy. All right, I will. All right, man. See you guys later. Give it up for Mo. Those guys go very hard in short increments. That is our episode today of the Lot Scene Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank all of my guests, Seth, the sober dude, and the band Mo for coming in and kicking it with us. And I want to give a big congrats to Gary and Sally, our new engaged couple here at the Lot Scene Podcast, who are together, and we are going to have their wedding here in the studio at some point. So big stuff happening today. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, we're going to talk all about the Allman Brothers Band. I got a lot of thoughts on them. I got a lot of history loving them. And I want to get into some of my thoughts about one of the greatest bands to ever do it. After that, we get a visit from the big black furry creature from Mars. Following that, we are getting yet another drop-in from Phil Lesh and Donna Jean Goshow. And they want to tell us about why we should be organ donors. And finally, we get a visit from Guitar Wizard and basically my BFF, John Mayer, is here in the studio. And it is always a treat to have my good, good, good friend, John Mayer. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week. And I will talk to you next week on another episode of The Lots. The Lots. The Lots. The Lots. The Lots. The Lots.